Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe You know what? I can't even be mad. That was well played, sir. Yes, pat yourself on the back. That was well played. I was the one that requested we hear a little bit of Frank. Everybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Frank Mark. Plus, fuck y'all, I'm trying to get into the Christmas spirit. I'm not feeling very Christmassy right now, and I thought that might set the mood right, but whatever. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Is was brought to you by the good folks at Cheershot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads and think about it. The clock is ticking, folks. Christmas is upon us. We got about, what, two and a half weeks? You still haven't brought no, some for that wrestling no, fan in your life. No, I don't think we're going to let that one go. Andrew, that did not sound like a clock ticking, did it? No, no, it didn't. Especially not with the the visual hand motion that you know they can't see on an audio podcast. But uh, I was in character. God damn it! I'm a method performer. Yeah, you're a method. Uh, what performer, was your method right. for time, then, buddy? <laughs> Anywho, go to prowrestlingteams.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. We have something for everybody. We've got Jesus did the job, which is simultaneously the reason for the season. Save tag team wrestling, hashtag journalism, and many, many other designs. Cool designs. If you enjoy the content we provide day in and day out here on the chair shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out on the chair shot is by going to prowrestlingteams.com forward slash the chair shot throwing a couple of dollars our way and supporting the movement. Use it as a tax write-off. Hell, I don't care. Pass them out to the homeless. I don't care. Get about 50 of them. Pass them out to homeless. I don't care. Just go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you. Thank you and please. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the commissioner, PC Tunney, my man Obi-Wan Balaz over here. <laughs> Y'all know him as the Snowflake Balls or Andrew. Shout out to Adam, by the way, AJ Belaz. He did a great job filling in for you last week. He really did. He, and he did a great impression of me. That was awesome. Yes, I'm proud. You should be. And <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're keeping the Christmas holiday party vibe going here. We do have a special guest, the host of Outsiders Edge, Three Man Weave, and Bandwagon Nerds. Put your hands together and show your love for the one, the only, Mr. Ray Cash. I got. I got jobs like Heath Slater got kids. So, you have fake good to jobs. be here. You have fake so jobs? Two? You have two jobs and like eight fake jobs? Two? Dude. <laughs> Tell me, you, you you're like George. Yeah, I like that too. You're like George Costanza. Technically, yes. Technically, yes, because we ain't getting paid for these shit. So, you guys are more spot on than you realized. 
Uh, you, yeah, and and I am like Mr. Tunney. I am a producer, quote unquote. Uh, but it's good to be on. This is something. So look, I've been trying to get on this damn show forever, and uh, so yeah, I'm very happy to be on. Dude, I asked you the last two weeks to come on to this show. Inside baseball, bro. Stick to kayfabe. Uh, not on this show. Welcome to Pot <laughs> no, is More. Welcome to Pot is More. Don't you know that? Come on. You're like, oh yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, to be fair, I'll, to be I'll, fair, the last two fair. weeks I was legitimately busy. I understand, mm-hmm. but to the last two weeks we needed a sub. Yeah, well, you know, I come through in the clutch. That's all that matters. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't hit with runners in scoring position, but I damn sure hit a solo homer. You're like Rob Deere. <laughs> in a seven to zero ball game. Exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Shut out that ball. If, oh my god! Hey, if we're up fourteen to two in the bottom of the eighth, I'm hitting one out of here. And let me tell you what's something else: if we're down fourteen to two in the bottom of the eighth, I'm hitting one out of here. Hey, I'm good, baby. As long as as long as those bases are clear, I'm clear for takeoff. That's you all can't I both need. Be Bryce Harper. You gotta draw straws or something like that. Figure it out. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not gonna give you shit in the field. <laughs> so I don't know about the Bryce Harper part. I'm not gonna get you. Race like the whole other half of the league opened up with the Universal DH for me. I'm saying, look, either Universal DH or Adam LaRoche, one of the two. So there you go. I'm So you the DH, I'm the defensive guy. I'm going to hit like 193, but I'm going to win the gold, gold glove. So you're Omar Vizquel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to disrespect Omar Vizquel, man. He got the 3,000 hits. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get the 300. <laughs> yes, Omar is, at, has, has, is in the 3,000 hit club, man. You can look it up. I mean, granted, he paid, played for 35 years, but still. I was about to say, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. I just want that Bobby Bonilla money. Like, I, I'd really be Don't happy to get a million dollars in, like, 20 years. Like, he's a fucking genius. Or his, his agent, whoever the fuck set that up. Sorry. So close, but not quite. Oh, did he not get there? Oops. I thought he got there. Try again. Oh, 123. Question yeah. my yeah. sports oh, knowledge. Oh, who needs a shortstop? He's coming back. He's coming back to the league. Yeah. There's like, oh, there's no. like Leo Franco, who Mr. was 3, like, shout out to, like, oh man. 51. You know what? He, he, on the Bernie Mac, Mr. R.I.P. Bernie Mac, baby. They filmed that at Miller Park. So he comes back, yeah. One of the two baseball movies they filmed in Milwaukee. The other one was Major League. Bring it in. That's why Bob Uecker was in it. And for the record, both of those movies are absolute fire. Even Major League Two is enjoyable if you. It's enjoyable, yes. Not fire, but enjoyable, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's not like Major that, League Three yeah. tried to beat Bull Durham, so I don't even know what the fuck yeah. happened there. So that was confusing. Yeah, I tapped out on Major League Three, man. Yeah, I didn't even watch it. So it didn't involve the, the Cleveland Indians. I'm cool. It involves some of the same people. What is back to the minors? See, so they got fucking the dude that yeah. played Marcy Darcy's fucking husband, whatever fuck he was from. Married with Children or Revenge of yeah, the Nerds. He he's the the franchise killer, man. Whenever you get yes. that farmer, Ted, uh, what's his name? Ted, whatever. Whenever you get him on your shit, man, your shit about to get, go off the air. Like, it's all downhill from there. And I like the guy. You know, he's a good actor. Well, I don't know if he's a good actor, but he's a likable character. He always plays likable characters, but whenever he's on your shit, man, it's he all He's a likable douchebag in, like, everything. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be updating your resume and contacting your agent if you see him on the set. All right. <laughs> 
he's the human embodiment of jumping the shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he was on Happy Days when they literally jumped the shark. I think he was on there. Ted McGiddy. That's his neither. name, Ted McGiddy. Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. yeah. But I can neither I... confirm nor deny. <laughs> and he looks exact the, the exact same way, too. He's looked the exact same way for like 40 years. At least we got Mork and Mindy out of Happy Days. That was good. Touche. R.I.P. The legend, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And we got Laverne and Shirley, didn't we? That wasn't Happy Days. I'm no, because I know we got Joni Loves Chachi, which was awful because we don't like to talk about Scott Bayo because he's a fucking psychopath. Oh. But uh, I think Laverne and Shirley was just around the same time. I didn't. Well, think Laverne that... and Shirley was a spinoff, but I, I don't think it was of Happy Days. Well, it was. It was based in Millie Walkay, and so was Happy Days. So, and Tony should know all of the answers if it was based in Millie Walkay. Schlemiel, yeah. Schlemazel, or, or scissoring as they used to I call it back in the day. Who gives a shit? It, I don't even know. Like, that that's a good podcast, man. The closeted uh, homosexuals on television. Laverne and Shirley were there. Those two white dudes that did those Sonic commercials for year, the, years. They were clearly on a date. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and one had a family. <laughs> hey Ray, welcome to Potis War, bro. Was... This is like all out war here. It just all goes. Like we might not even get to the topics, and I got. Well, we're gonna get to them. We're gonna get to them if we spend one minute on each, because I pulled sound for them. So we're gonna get to them today. But you know, Chris, this you're, is fun. You're back five hundred so far, because it was a spinoff of Happy Happy Days. Yeah, cool. cool. Okay. Hoppy Days. Cool. That sounds like a good news show about uh, Hoppy Days. About a IPA show or something. Hoppy Days. <laughs> Hoppy Days could just be the name of one of our shows with how much we drink. Yeah. Touche. I'm I'm the designated driver, so. Oh, good. 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 So this beer can't be yours and mine. Hoppy Days. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. It's okay, we got Ray. We're not drunk driving. <laughs> Getting drunk, livers fucked. Fuck it, drink again. Doom, doom, boom, boom. Man. <laughs> All right, uh, all right we'll be here forever. So, yeah, Tony, you, we were on the same page here. Let's do it. Topic number one. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what would be perfect? What? Do the thing. Okay. Can you do the thing? They all want to see the thing. Yeah, they, I, Josh I, might ho- paint. Hopefully you, you guys it, didn't you actually ahead. think I was going to wrestle or defend this belt, but yeah, yeah. I am going to give you the thing. And this will be the first time I've done the thing on TV in a long time. So I'm going to do the thing. And, and, and you ready for it, Don? You're going to blow up the Twitter thing. You've probably heard it before, right? You know the thing. Yeah, everyone knows the thing. Okay. Do it. Must be you. Do a goodbye. Mwah. Good night. Oh my God, so Bang! Yes! <sighs> Let's get out of here. Oof. Back to Stanford, kid. <sighs> Thanks for coming. Champ? You know what? I like him. He's not a bad guy. He's a stooge. He's a stooge. <laughs> Fucking love it. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that stooge either. Gentlemen, the biggest news in wrestling right now, Kenny Omega, new AEW champion. The happenings happening between AEW and Impact. Andrew, you seem less than amused. Being the Impact connoisseur and, and coverer that you are, I, are you? how are you enjoying this? We, we missed you last week. And by the way, don't think I have forgotten I still want AJ as Wade Barrett to interview Andrew as Drew McIntyre you know I showed him <laughs> that earlier today 
And then I went, when do you do a Wade Barrett impression? Did you learn something I don't know of? And he goes, fuck, I don't know. So <laughs> I guess we got some work to do to figure that one out. Because, you know, I was working on a new accent. Because I realized that I could piss off Adam really good doing my Enzo, my little Esteban Apples, the Enzo Amore kind of impression. Because I hate him, but he hates him more. Because he's a bigger hater than I am. And he's fantastic. To be fair, that's less Enzo, more Eddie Kingston. But keep cooking. <laughs> keep cooking. It comes over a little differently with the headset. I, okay. I might have to adjust it. I, I don't. Ha- I have to actually hear it, and I haven't recorded it before. So I did that mostly just to see where I have to tweak that. You got New that, York for sure. I mean, that, it's, that the, it's it's the Jersey thing. Like, trust me, New York is right there, and it's not hard to go into that accent. But you know what? Since since my opinion is in black and white on thechairshot.com, I'm more interested to see why Chris, because I know we talked about it briefly, in. Uh, text format that you feel differently than I am so why don't you you know explain your your, you know your side of the thing and I can tell you why you're wrong so have fun go well first and foremost sound (laughs) the trumpets and alert the townspeople I actually read one of your shitty columns I kid, I kid. You know I gotta bear you, man. But no, I'm. I've already told you, man. I am a fi- fan of your writing. You're you're an excellent writer. It's just that I disagree with everything you said in that column. No disrespect. You know, what, <laughs> one thing you did right there in that is something that nobody in AEW knows how to do, and that's put someone over and bury them because that's the whole concept of a heel promo. Because. Okay, I said I was going to let you go, but then you just made a good kind of promo right there. So here, here's my major sticking point, and then you, you can fire back. Tony Khan is a retardedly cringy mark. I hated everything about the commercial. The promo itself, on impact, not only buried the company, it buried the champion, it buried the belt, it buried everything about it. And here, here's my big problem with that. It's not the same as Heenan coming in with the big gold belt with Ric Flair saying he's the real world champion because there's a difference between Jim Crockett, NWA, and WWF. They were seen as rivals. Impact is seen by most of the IWC as a joke. Saying your champion is a joke is like me walking up to North Jersey because they don't play in New York and telling Jets fans, your team is fucking ass. No one's going to stand up and be like, oh no, Sam Darnold is the truth. Sam Darnold is going to come back and he's going to prove you wrong. You cannot reiterate what people already know or what people believe is already a fact and think that's a good promo. So burying something that's been buried is ridiculously moronic and there's no money in seeing, oh, Rich Swan's going to defend his honor. Who gives a fuck? Like, you just buried him. Your own EVP just buried your champion on your TV and he was basically pushing the belt as a toy, a plaything for Omega because Omega's so good. Omega can't cut a fucking promo to save his goddamn life. He sounds like a combination of Stan Marsh from the bullying episode where he goes, can you believe this? 900 people die from bullying every week. Oh my God, can you see this? That's exactly Kenny Omega right there. And also Dennis from Always Sunny because of the five-star man thing. The, the, I know. He's I'm, I'm getting over a little right piece of what I said. That that because I like that. I like that part because it's fucking true. See? It's a bad promo. There's no meat to it. 
it hurts the product. The best thing about the Impact show was the actual Impact work. Everything AEW fucking ruined it. Now you can go. See, this is why I oh. asked you to go first, Andrew, because I knew that at some point you were going to get that off of your chest. Yeah, thanks, buddy. So I, I had to bring up how he rehashed his joke from the article just so he knows that I actually read his article. So that's why I did that. I appreciate that. Yes, again, this is great. <laughs> Putting over before the burial. That's exactly how a heel promo is supposed to work. Continue your your clinic, buddy. Well, I mean, between the two of us, though, which one is the heel? Uh, wait, wait can that? I interject? Can I interject? <laughs> we all know who the heel is. So, like, you we all know my who bad, is. Andrew. My bad, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> so, as I was saying. Yeah, see, all heels think they're the hero of their own story. So, there you hey, go. Hey, there we go. And you don't let him bury you like that, Andrew. But what? But just really quick. So I, I agree with about eighty-seven point eight eight percent of what you said. I, I don't like this new uh, world that we live in, where everybody just gets buried. I didn't know we were and we do that because we we've, we've dealt with twenty years of The Rock and John Cena just burying their opponents, and Rock could do it because he's Rock, the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. And Cena did it because well, Cena was just gonna do it. Whatever. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. That's unfair. I dug the paid promo with Tony Khan. Number one, if he chooses to be, Tony Khan could be one of the biggest heels in this industry. He just has a very slappable face. Not even punchable. Like, I just want to paintbrush that motherfucker every time I see him. So he could be a good heel. And it harkened back to when NWO used to have those paid advertisements in the middle of WCW. It also gave me Black Saturday vibes. For those that don't know, that's when Vince McMahon bought the... Uh, the rights to the Turner broadcast on Saturday afternoon and you just show up, you think you're going to get your Crockett Wrestling or whomever it was at the time, and it's Vince McMahon on there. Or even when Vince McMahon kind of teased his heel stuff when he would go down to Memphis because Jerry Lawler asked him to and he would just play heel McMahon. This before Mr. McMahon was even a thing. It gave me those vibes. Plus, Tony was good in it. Tony was very good in it. Yeah, you were here before. Yeah, I, I was here. Uh, I was here. Shabani, Tony Shabani. Yeah, you saw me give you that. Because see, here's the difference between the paid ad, the ad, paid advertisements. Because I just like the way you said that with NWO and the AEW thing. You got Hall and Nash. You're like, oh God, look, Lex Luger and Sting. They're fucking dorks. Here's Tony Khan. I I could get an injunction. If I wanted to, he's only here because I said he could be, and we have a better tag division than they do, and our women's champion is just as good as their women's champion. Isn't that right, Shivani? Uh-huh, you're paying me to say yes. That's right. Now, look at the Young Bucks. They're going to face these two fucking losers who can barely do a spot, and all they do is flip because they don't know what psychology is if a fucking book hit them in the face. And I'm talking about hybrid two, not the Young Bucks for a change. And, you know, they're trying to push that as a good fucking match that we're supposed to look forward to the next day. Really? Jack Evans in 2020? Okay. Okay. Sure. Platt, Platt I don't know about you, but after a bye week, Andrew comes out firing. He does on all cylinders, man. Oh, Obi-Wan Balaz in this motherfucker is just out here. I gotta, I gotta Do you need the, the Jedi... That's Do you need to be work more off weeks into your schedule for PIW? I mean, like your like your, your whole game plan has been adjusted here. You do a little self study, a little forward scouting. After that bye week, you're just like pew pew pew. And and they call me the prima donna. But I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up real quick because I want Ray and Tunny. Well, Tunny doesn't give shit. About I mean, I, I, I want Ray, Ray, Ray to chime in because I'd like to hear his opinion on it. No, just real quick. Let me just finish up what I what I was gonna say, and then we'll get Ray in here. So. 
I like the promo at the end. I love the 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 in ring action was great, and we had a main event. We had four brothers in the main event. That was great. That was awesome. I don't know anybody that doesn't love Willie Mack. And if you haven't watched Impact in a long time, you see there is a lot of talent on there. Chris Bay. Uh, I, I'm hoping Rich Homie Swan will get a, a, a bump off of this somehow, some way. I've I've always been a Moose guy. Not everybody's a Moose guy, but there's a lot of talent there in Impact, and they took some chances which is why i dug this it's something different they took a chance and impact's been taking a lot of chances sometimes it hits sometimes it doesn't hit but you know they're playing with house money they don't have shit to lose nobody's watching anyway the i love don Callis. don Callis cut a fire ass promo which don Callis is going to cut a fire ass promo because that's what he always does and i think he's good with kenny omega because omega's such a fucking dork he just is. He's a dork. Like, Kenny should probably, they should probably do the Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman thing. Just don't say nothing. Just try to sit back there and not look. Ooh, I can't say what I was going to say. Just sit back there. <laughs> just sit back there. Uh, yeah, I know Dallas. what he was about to say. Shit. <laughs> and, let <Don laughs> Dallas, and let Don Callis do all the talking for you because he tried to make that make sense. And it was bad when Omega was doing it. But overall, the in-ring action was good. Impact, TNA, whatever you want to call them, they've always been ahead of the curb in terms of featuring their women's talent. I mean, hell, Gail Kim and Awesome Kong were main eventing pay-per-views for them 10 years ago. So they bought their women's division. You could stack that up against anybody's in the industry, including the E. They've always took their women's division seriously, and I respect that. But overall, I thought it was a fun show. It was breezy. I got to watch it without commercials. That probably helped a lot. But I thought it was fun, and well, I don't know where fun. we're going to go from this. Yeah. Uh, shut up. I don't know. Where <laughs> that was a paid program. It's different. But there was, I mean, I, I would like to see Rich Homie Swan and, and Omega. Maybe that could raise Rich Homie Swan's profile a little bit, being out there with uh, Kenny Omega. I don't know. I thought it was cool. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more invasion-y. It doesn't really seem like that's where they were going. But maybe this could lead to a talent exchange. I mean, maybe it was the Good Brothers that attacked Moxley because nobody's ever solved that mystery, you know, and maybe a reformation of the Bullet Club or whatever. We don't know. Overall, it was cool. It was something different. I applaud them for trying. And I enjoyed it a lot more than uh, my hooded compatriot did. Speak, that's Andrew this week as well as PC Tony, but he meant Andrew. Just not to confuse listeners. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stealer. Ray, why not, Ray no, no, let me, let, me, let me kick it to Ray because then it actually, Ray can actually talk. You guys maybe stop here for a second. Ray, what are your thoughts here on this whole AEW Impact Wrestling impasse we have upon us? Well, well thank you, Mr. Tony. I appreciate you asking my opinion. Um, that's all the break has, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the, the one time Tunny actually moderates, Ray just puts him over like a motherfucker. Great, thanks, Ray. Now yeah, he's gonna know. have you on more often. Fucking Christ! Yeah. Now we got <laughs> next six months. Yeah. I'm a good <laughs> so add it to add a add a fourth show to my damn list. Oh hell. Um, like, do so, my job. Don't do my job. Fuck you guys. Come on, Ray. Hurry up and talk before they start talking again. <laughs> You guys know, and Andrew, you know, because we've actually talked about this. I don't fuck with Impact. I have, I've, I've given them chances recently. Like, I've watched some of their stuff. I think I bought Bound for Glory last year. Give them some chances, and I give them all the credit in the world for doing what they're doing with the small profile they have. They're knocking it out the park largely with basically all that they have. Give them all the credit in the world, number one. 
Number two, it's not an, it can never be an invasion because the big company would never invade the smaller company on TV because that looks really shitty. And, you know, AEW is completely all about their profile. Um, I, the, the talent exchange, cool, but I, I, don't, I don't like talent exchanges between companies in the same country because somebody's always going to look like a loser. And that's most assuredly going to be impact here. But Kenny needs Don Callis. That character needs Don Callis because, as you guys have both said very ardently, Kenny is a dork. Fantastic in the ring, but he is a he's a living embodiment of a dork. And to his credit, he leans into that because he knows he can't be shit else. Um, but Don Callis gives him credence. Don Callis gives him an air of of seriousness and an air of, of respectability. So does he almost... lean into it enough though? Well, no, because again, every hill thinks they're the hero of their story. So of course he thinks he's cool in his own way. But Gargano and Candice know they're dorky. And they lean into that and do goofy kind of things, and you don't take them seriously as like comedy heels, where it's the Gargano way, and they do their little dinner. Omega comes off like my my two examples. You can agree or disagree, but the point is, I specifically picked from comedy because things are emphasized and overdone to the point of ridiculousness for comedic reasons, because it's not supposed to be taken seriously. Whereas Omega's gestures, his mannerisms, his manner of speaking everything even his in the ring gestures are so over the top but then he tries to take himself as a serious thing and his ardent fans like to think he's actually like legitimately good and think it's a serious thing so is that a disconnect in how he's really portraying it like does he steer into it enough should he come back out of it like what's what's the issue with that so two things to that number one um kenny is hurt by never being coached, like legitimately being coached. Oh, the Garganos are coached, and mm-hmm. even if they have a lot of autonomy on their stuff, which they do, they still are coached and filtered. Mm-hmm. Everything Kenny does is what he wants to do because he's EVP. And when he was in Japan, he got so big, Gato couldn't tell him shit. So that's what that is. Number one. Number two, well, I think he it's also a- started off as an otaku gimmick, which I'm a- pretty sure you're aware. He used okay, to actually yeah. do magical girl poses as his battle pose, and yes. there's reasons why him and Riho were best friends because they used to basically hey Chris, you don't have do to fake your way bullshit together. Chris, raise here. You don't have to fake your way through these conversations. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But no, him and Rio became best friends because they used to braid each other's yeah, hair. Th- and that's why Chris decided to walk away. He's like, oh, wait, no, there might be Japan talk. Hold on, let me leave real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and I could actually have it. So, yeah, so, sorry, Chris. Um, the other, not at all. The other thing is, it depends on what character he's portraying. If he's trying to be the cleaner, he got you can't lean into that shit because the cleaner's supposed to be more serious. When he was the, I hate this fucking name, the best bout machine, which is the dumbest fucking shit that? I've I knew ever you were gonna fucking say it. God, I hate what? that shit. So then I. I got it. You can lean into that shit a little more because, like, it doesn't matter what you do outside of your matches. Um, but yeah, this whole thing is all about Don Callis. Like, they knew they needed Don Callis to make the Kenny situation work. You're definitely gonna see Gallison Anderson do something with the bullet with the bullet glove. You, it's gonna happen. It's inevitable because that's what they want. But I don't think this is gonna be a true talent exchange. Because, again, what the fuck does AEW have to gain? If this is all about Don Callis, just getting Don Callis in Kenny's corner, and, like, that's the whole thing they get from this whole talent exchange, that is hilarious. And to the the commercial, the commercial was garbage. 
the Dang. idea of the commercial was fantastic. The idea of the commercial was genius. But well, Tony sure. Khan does not have the gravitas to make it work. Shivani had the best line. Uh, Once you went to your neighbor for yeah, one day and I never worked in business again for 18 years. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the whole idea behind it, he's... I don't like the fact... I, yes, we all, we all, everybody's agreed on the call that he's a money mark. But I don't like the fact that even if, even though he is a money mark, he's already a year into the game trying to become an on-screen character. Like, I, like, I knew it was inevitable, but this is even too early by my guess, by my estimation. Because you don't have the gravitas, bro. You don't know what you're doing. You don't come off like you know what you're talking about. You don't come off like you're interesting or you're introspective or you have any semblance of a character. You don't. Because nothing about that two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute commercial was entertaining, except for two lines from Tony Schiavone. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, all I, the root beer done went to his head is what you're saying. Yeah, well, you know it's been what he said when he's out here tweeting about the fucking ratings. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. That's I think sad. that was the point, though. I, I think that you were supposed to be annoyed by the commercial, honestly. I don't think we were. And I, I don't, don't no, think so either. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I get the idea that they're going to come off as heelish to AEW, but he wasn't being heelish to AEW because he was talking about, well, Kenny, you know, I, 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 I did your travel, so I know when you're coming back. So uh, you got to talk to me. Like, no, it's stupid. No. No. It's dumb as hell. And the one thing I've learned, and, and maybe this this is where Chris has some bias, and I'll admit maybe there is some into this. But the one thing I've learned about Tony Khan, about the Bucks, about uh, Kenny, and definitely about Cody Rhodes, is when it's outside of their wrestling personas, they want to be looked at on the best possible light. Now we know. So nothing and about is half the battle. That was well timed. I see my time. He he does that, by the way. No, I, yeah, well, I've I've been on shows with him. Yes, I know. Call me off guard. Uh, but no, there's no way Tony would 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 want his want himself to be looked at in any way, form, or fashion outside of his own show. In neg negative light. I just don't see it. That's a fair point. Tony, do you have anything to add, sir? Yeah, I'll end this, unfortunately, by admitting that I watched Impact this week. Let's go to a goddamn commercial. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. TheChairShot.com Always use your head. Major, major in-show pop from the theatrics of one 
Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt, light effects and all during the Finn Balor entrance music into our talk of NXT War Games and the returning Finn Balor, and, and as Platt likes to call him, Killer Cross, carrying Cross to NXT. Gentlemen, first of all, thoughts on War Games? Let's start with you, one Mr. Christopher Platt, because I'm not sure that Andrew has had a chance to fully indulge himself yet. No, I don't think he has either. He's still filling up on wonton soup, trying to figure out what's going on back east. Good show, though. Enjoyable show. I enjoyed every match on the card. I thought the War Games matches, they held up well. I even enjoyed the strap match with Cameron Grimes and, and Dexter Loomis. I, I see something in Dexter Loomis. Maybe just because he's like two feet taller than most of the people on the roster, but I think there's something there. Um, I Damian Priest, Leon Ruff, Johnny Gargano, I thought that match was cool for what it was. There's something there with Leon as well. He needed to probably put on about 20, 30 pounds of muscle, but he's got something there. Andrew, I know I'm a lot higher on Damian Priest than you are, but you're a lot higher on Cam- Cameron Grimes than I am. Overall, it was a really good show. NXT, they typically deliver when it comes to pay-per-views, but I feel like this was probably the best one I've seen of them in the pandemic. I can't think of another NXT show that during the pandemic that I enjoyed more, except for the time that Sasha made, or the S-word rather, made a vented on the, <laughs> the Great American Bash up against the AEW. It, you was gonna it, say something, Tony? Ray? Was it not an? I, I want Andrew to respond to both of, both Chris and Ray's comments on on War Games, seeing that they're the two that have watched it fully. Ray, what did you think? Because to me, it was it was another very typical NXT pay per view, and I mean that in the highest possible regards as it delivered. Right, regardless of whether or not you like the finishes or the storylines, the matches were there. Sure. Um... At this point now, saying that uh, uh, NXT Takeover was like was 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 normal is almost like saying it's it's almost negative because they've exceeded expectations so high that the that the, the if you're if you're batting normal, it's almost like well that's lower than the standard. I didn't. Mean I, it, I know you're not saying. No, that. I didn't mean I it know. like that. I meant like they delivered as they do per normal right. for me as a fan only reason I said that is to explain how high of a standard takeovers are um, I thought the I thought the show was, was near flawless full disclosure I'm I fell asleep in the middle of the show so I only saw the night of the two war games matching Thatcher and Chumper and I'm a mark for both those guys I went back today and watched the triple threat match and the strap match and Lord have mercy that triple threat match was was fantastic Mm-hmm. Um, I knew Leon Rush. Uh, Leon Rush. Leon Ruff had it. That kid really got it. If you watch that match, and the strap match is fantastic. I'm with you. Loomis has something, but Cameron Grimes is Cameron Grimes is the diamond and the rough in that company. That's just waiting to just explode. The whole show was fantastic. Both War Games matches have become a bit formulaic, but I don't really give a fuck because it's like it's organized chaos at its greatest. Um, and they were different enough that it worked for me. The right teams won in both situations, and the right person got the pin in both situations. Um, it's important to note. Um, Raquel needed that push, and Kyle O'Reilly is the guy that they're kind of propping up right now as kind of the the, the, um, the hot dude out of the era. Fantastic card. 
fantastic show. Not a low point at all. I would, I, I, if the if the low point is Stature Champa beating the shit out of each other for seventeen minutes, that's a really fucking good card. So real quick, just one more time, can we give it up? Can we get the applause ready and give it up for Pat fucking McAfee? So hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. People are saying Pat McAfee should be in the Rookie of the Year conversation. Pat McAfee should be in the MVP of the Year conversation. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, he's nah. become some of the best. He's become some of the best promos in the business, and he's which it doesn't happen now. Like you, you could set a motherfucker on fire. You can bury them alive. You can drown them until they are incapacitated and they are clinically dead. And the next day they're gonna come out like nothing happened. This mother farmer went on his show. They didn't have yes. shit to do with wrestling. Rocking the so neck race. But here, but besides that, wait, no, 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 don't shy away from the conversation. Andrew, would you like to quash their thoughts on that Pat McAfee MVP conversation? Would you like me to do it? In two matches. Thank you. Now, okay, let let me let me be explicitly clear when it comes to this. I love McAfee stand up. I love his show. I started watching that. Adam started watching it. He's a great character. He's a great athlete. His matches are fun to watch. He's a great promo. He sells it through the, the YouTube show, too, with the, the neck brace. And he goes into it, and he brought it on to, like, Get Up and all that other ESPN stuff. So he helped with the, the exposure for professional wrestling to try to get it, he, like, heat it up again a little bit. But it's still two fucking matches. You're not going to discredit what people been working all year for or sacrificing COVID during quarantine just because he's the cool, hot thing and he talks good. Come on now. Can I say one thing to that real quick? And I, I, please, I, might, I want you to retort. I might not have been so snarky, but I second what Andrew said. <laughs> my, my, my only retort is, and this is no disrespect to anybody involved, in his two matches and all of the appearances he's had, to build these two matches, I effectively and instantly care about him more than any of the other motherfuckers you mentioned. You didn't mention, but that you alluded to, which is the point. The point of wrestling is to entertain, but more importantly, to get butts in seats, to make people care. All these other people that have been that have been wrestling with COVID and they have all they deserve all the respect and adulation. Don't make you care as much as Pat McAfee has made you care, and the fact that he's made you care. While only doing two matches and then extending that on his personal time to get up to um to college the Sunday Saturday college football show to yeah, his own show yeah yeah whatever the fuck it's called there's a million it's... of them to his own show only further adds to the point that he should be in the list for MVP because he's made people care about the third brand of WWE more than the other two. That's such a well, narrow. Wait, hold on a second. A, that's hyperbolic. Because can I ask a, a question? All, all these people that care, though, all these people that care, um, why have ratings, the numbers not you. really going over seven hundred thousand? Because TV ratings these... don't matter. It's no, antiquated. I, you get what yeah, I'm it's, saying. It's a fair though. argument. It's a fair is argument, but it's antiquated. The buzz is still the NXT buzz. It's not like suddenly he spikes it up to a million, or suddenly people are like, "Oh my God, pro wrestling's back!" Because McAfee's like the Mac attack is bringing it back. That's, like no, nope, nobody does that kind of stuff. Like yeah, I get what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing either because I love Pat McAfee. He's a great promo. He's an old school style promo, which means he can actually flow with the crowd, flow with something that happens, and actually. Actually, 
okay, some people say he's annoying, but that's perfect that's because he's point. kind of doing a character, he's doing the shtick, and he's it's a normal flow of conversation, and he's kind of an annoying antagonistic personality. So that works perfectly. But the hype, I feel, is one of those bubble kind of situations where the IWC, the hardcore fans, love what he's doing because it reminds us of our childhood. It reminds us of Attitude Era, which is also Mm. what he's kind of bringing it back to because it's that style of promo where it feels off the cuff, where it feels fresh, it feels real, and you can actually see it on a few different levels, but it hasn't quite related to like ratings or anything like that. He's... He's honestly what Tony Khan wishes he was. Pat McAfee is the the Attitude Era fan who loved wrestling, still loves wrestling, and knows how to actually translate it into wrestling instead of just being a dweeb with a real-life efed. Like, that. that's Pat McAfee. And I, I love it, and he, he should maybe get Rookie of the Year. I'm right there with everybody that says Rookie, but not MVP. Go Shiozaki's the MVP of 2020. Oh, well, so we never had a chance with you anyway. <laughs> you, you, no, you no, no, no. Well, I can give you a whole list of things Pat that I McAfee have McAfee is not even the MVP of NXT well, for 2020. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, well, that's that top five. Because Keith Lee probably popped ratings well, more. And Keith Lee is a bigger story, just not recently. If you well, want recency bias, Keith Lee well, was pretty huge in NXT. Well, number one, Andrew, you mispronounced Sasha Banks, but that's okay. You're tired. Uh, just real quick before we move on to I don't to think Finn. I did. No, no, you did. Because you're supposed to say S-word anyway. Now you're going to get castrated in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like my dad always taught me, man. Catch and come for hanging. I don't know if y'all get that one. Catch and come for hanging. In other words, for those that listen, they might want to hang you, but they got to catch you first. But (laughs) So real quick, Ray, though, because since you watched the match, McAfee's swanton off the cage and how nobody caught him. I don't want to say was it a I don't want to say the word red oh, but was it him. his no. uh, welcome no, to him. the welcome to the big time or welcome to professional wrestling kid they caught him was that, no. that was, watch it back they caught him they so they did they catch him yes they catch him like I should have caught him no because if you look at the same spot earlier tonight with Io Shirai like you hey, didn't hear she a she was in a fucking garbage can though <laughs> right but my but my she but couldn't my point see is, he's fine right, my point. Plaid, stop fucking bringing that up. No, no, he's fine. But the the point what is, the, I, hey, what the fuck? I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're coming, where you're coming from. But no, because if any, if that would have happened, it would have happened already in the Adam Cole match. Um, like I think he's already garnered the respect he needs. But um, no, this is just a generation of people. They don't catch like they should. Watch any show, because there's like 17 dives on every show nowadays. That is true. And that's another problem that we need to address, but it, it doesn't appear to be going anywhere, so I just need to let people walk so on my all, lawn and get over it all at this three, point. All three of you think that they didn't like sufficiently catch him as they should have? No. no they did fine. No. It was a flatback bump just from a higher spot, and they did enough to buffet it. And yeah, that's, EO, that's, they cross body, EO was a crossbody with a trash can overhead. So that <laughs> I would have catch a cross body. You buffet a uh, flatback bump. Right, How many times have... did people catch Jeff Hardy or Shane yeah, McMahon? Jeff Hardy, but both of them are batshit insane. But I would have. So it's Pat McAfee. All right, Brock Lesnar's neck caught him, but I guess we're not gonna bring that one up, right? Oh, that was just like his oh, chin. Right. That was like I'm his second, saying, his I... third chin caught him. He's like. I... <laughs> 
it's not very often anymore because we've been watching this shit so long that I cringe. I cringed because the 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 bump was so loud it made you think, damn, they didn't get him out of the way. Sure. Okay, I give you that. So real quick, uh, just moving, trying to move along a little bit. So Finn Bauer made his triumphant return to NXT this evening. I know Ray's going to be pissed at me, but I've already spoiled one shit. So I already, I I got you. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, so he came out to the ring. He was talking. He was uh, greeted by Pete Dunne. Shortly after Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, which goes to your point that they're he's the next one getting pushed. He came out. Yeah. And then my man Damian Priest came out. So I guess sure. that's said it again. I said he's not oh, sure. God. One of these things are not like the other. Exactly. He just <laughs> looks so out of place in in NXT land because he's so big and he's got that big deep bassy voice and he just. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? Hey, boys and girls. I want to talk about Damien Priest. Then you should be talking like this. This is how Elmo should talk for this segment. Elmo, like me a priest. Platinum do Elmo good. PC do Elmo better. <laughs> Elmo love PC. So PC, I, I Elmo's commissioner. <laughs> Since uh, you wanted to bring up Damien Priest, which click member was he emulating this time? Because you know he steals Nash's clothes, he steals Hull's and ability, like with the cross, with the crucifix and the shake. Like, uh, did he finally do Triple H? Because I think he's done a little bit of uh, HBK before. So, uh, it's, wh- it's, or is it Waltman? Old... Is it Waltman? You know what? The it, only it, HBK he does is the is the leather chaps and the and the the the. Change shit. That's the only thing. Still did it. That's my point. (laughs) You know what? He's like the Voltron click member. Like it's fantastic. (laughs) It was was probably to to your point. To be fair, it was probably Triple H tonight because he (laughs) buried he buried Pete Dunn for being a bitty little fella. (laughs) (laughs) And then he buried uh, O'Reilly because remember O'Reilly was hurt. He's like, I don't take six months off or some shit like that. So yeah, it was Triple H tonight. Oh, that's you know. He was cutting too close to the bone, like Triple H was doing some of his probos. No, that, that's good. All right, I just had to know which character it was. It, it's it's yeah. it's like him sometimes. Like it's fantastic. He's but he's I'm, like the Hispanic love child of of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Well, Scott Hall is Hispanic. He what are you talking actually about? Actually, be Scott Hall or Kevin Nash's love child. You never know. Scott All Hall the Quaalude that the they done. Hmm. Did, did y'all did y'all read that? Did y'all read that interview Kevin Nash did about? Uh, with with about gay people, and yes. he was like, and and Nash was like, wouldn't it be the greatest, the greatest rip of all, the greatest uh, story of all time? If it turns out me and Scott were gay the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Nash, big sexy man. Yeah, Nash tells some great stories. Like for the flack he gets, like he's still he's a good sport about it all. That that could never be true though, because you know Hall at one point would have nagged Nash for the title. WCW and it didn't happen so because Nash was booking yeah but Nash just slipped him a few more quaaludes and like maybe some whiskey or something like that and then I was like you know I love you man like I don't need that belt we're good 
Just go to sleep. <laughs> is it go, that's it? Go to sleep, that's Scotty. It. Go to sleep. No. Kevin, I want the belt. And Kevin didn't pay him any attention. And Scott just storms off mad. And that's what he says. Oh, don't worry about it, guys. Another Quaalude. He'll love me in the morning. No, Kevin, that, Kevin Nash just turns up Motley Crue. Girl, don't go away, man. Just go away. <laughs> no, no. The survey says thing was invented because Nash was trying to deflect the belt. And he's just like, have another one for the good guys. Ah, another one for the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, Kevin, I want the belt. Hey, why don't you feud with your uh, mentor, Larry Zabisco? Yeah. He can still go, right? What? <laughs> it's gonna no, be it your AWA days, Diamond Stud. You have a good time. <laughs> all right, I feel like we've had we've said all we've had to say about <laughs> NXT War Games and the return yeah. for NXT. So at this point, I would like to do this. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. controversial seems to be good friends with renee uh i don't know if you want to call her renee young you want to call her renee bucket you want to call her renee moxley possibly um whatever uh, it's up to you she she does oral sessions just so you know it's her podcast well yeah she's married i'm saying she's just telling right. the business on air bro. i heard i heard yeah. I, I, I heard once you get married there are no more oral sessions but anyway Let's talk about her podcast in, in which she had CM Punk. I mean, that's not for me to know. Um, anyway, there's so many things I want to say right now, but I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. So let's just let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving right along. Let's just keep moving right along here. Uh, CM Punk comments uh, with Renee on oral sessions, not uh, about oral sessions on the show. Oral sessions. <laughs> no, no, it's um, about oral sessions. Yes, yes. Could you tell me the time? Was it like what, like forty-five minutes and thirty-two? No. Do you think I'm doing it? Do you, do you think I'm doing a good job milking this for all it's worth? Hey, there we go. Did she do the spit and twist? That's all I want to know. Okay, so yeah, let's, come on. That's what it is. She's the tickler. Let's <laughs> let's come on. Let's talk. Let's let's. Little take tickle. Little take tickle. Never. Little take tickle. Take tickle. There's three. There's three things. Isn't she French? She could be the French tickler. All right, goddamn it, you brought me back in. I was trying to get us move along. Yep. Now we're moving on. Now we're moving on. You're welcome. You're welcome. 
All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to let you guys Loner. pick them. I'm going to let you pick them. Which one, which one do you want to start with? There's three different things he talked about. Uh, what it would take for him to listen to What it would uh, take for him to come back. Um, well, let's, the let's comparisons just start there. Be... We'll come back. Just, All right. Let's, let's just start there. Then, Ray, you listen to it. I have the I yes. have the everything else about it. I have the, all the the comments and everything here. Why don't you talk to us about what you took away from what he said there? Because basically, it was a I, lot of a lot of money or a really good storyline, and that WWE would have handled his separation different if AEW was around at that time. So nothing so, different than what we've heard, basically. True, but no, no. Okay, but, okay. but it's but at least he's saying it now. Okay. Um, okay. I, I gotta I gotta say I appreciate that with time he's he's still got a god complex but he seems like he's come come down to earth a little bit with kind of everything I, age I think breeds all of that but um, specifically and I appreciated that Renee waited till towards the end of the show to ask him these questions because as she asked him at the beginning it might have been a very different interview pre-tickle um, sure flat pre-tickle um, the tickle loosens up the gums. That's how that goes. Hey, man, there's hey, pillow talk is very effective. Put me on game, guys. I guess. Um, <laughs> so she asked him, yeah, if you know, of course, about coming back, and he mentioned that uh, the the two things it would take is as, as a as a special story, and he he really hit home that it's not his job to make the story. He needs to be pitched the story. And he doesn't even know if the right story exists, but he's willing to listen. And it will take a shitload of money, especially with WWE, because there's baggage there, and he doesn't know how they would really get past that baggage. But he also said he'd be more interested probably in wrestling AW for one for the only reason that he's never wrestled but anybody there. He's not really interested in wrestling anybody he's already wrestled before. Did you, ahead, did you get the idea that it would take a shitload of money and a great story or it would take one or the other because to me I thought it would take one or the other because to me if no. it felt right and he wanted to do it he wouldn't need the shitload of money obviously he's gonna get a load of money but maybe it doesn't have to be a shitload if the circumstance and story was right that's what I took away from it I'll let three of you continue this conversation well I took it the other way because he spoke ad nauseum about how he got the fight with you the fights with UFC and he got the fights with UFC, and he's expecting to have the same process that Lorenzo Fertitta asked him after a fight, hey, dude, you ever thought about doing this? He was like, all the fucking time. And so, like, they met multiple times, and then they pitched him, and he wanted to actually go and start from the lower ways, and Dana was like, no, you're a draw. No, so you're just going to fight in the UFC. He's like, oh, okay. And then he talked money. So I, I think that it takes both because it's going to take the story to get his interest involved. And then it's going to take the money for him to put his body on the line because he ain't wrestled in seven years. You don't just come back for nothing. Yeah, that that's pretty true, especially if you take what uh, people have said about AEW and how it's more the wrestlers kind of dictate their creative license and that could be the main reason why Punk didn't sign there is because, like Ray said in his recounting of the whole thing, Punk wants to be given the story not be the one to have to make it so I'm pretty sure the shitload of money was there with Khan the story just wasn't because I think when uh, 
since we we brought them up earlier during the Impact thing, the Hybrid 2 weren't really on AEW for like six months. Jack Evans had an interview where he basically said some people are better at pitching ideas and basically selling themselves, and he's not that type of person, so he didn't really have an idea, and him and Angelico kind of fell by the wayside because they weren't the proactive, here, we could feud with these guys and do this, because that's just not just not how they worked. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's the thing with Punk. It has to be a package deal. Well, yeah. I've said it ad nauseum at this point in time, but that's why that's the biggest problem with AEW is that you need an adult in the room. And, and eventually somebody's got to say, no, this shit is stupid, or okay, this is what we're doing. And Tony is just one of the boys. And that's why they suffer, because some of the stuff is good, most of it is not, and you, you, you got to run that shit through somebody. Like Hannah had Barbera. Or Barbara had Hannah. You know what I mean? Like you, you've got to have some filter that you trust, or some voice that you trust, and they'll say, "Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this," or "Yo, let's do it like this." You don't know what I mean by Hannah and Barbara. Nobody else has heard of Hannah and Barbara. No, I have, but that's a random ass duo. <laughs> it's a big. But yeah, okay, like, have, circuses have don't even exist anymore, really. So they're that's, cartoons, that's... man. I didn't say Barnum and Bailey. I said Hannah. Hey, there we go. I'm a Ringling Brothers kind of guy, but whatever you need to do. Thank Nobody's you. talking about circuses. You were just said Barnum and Bailey. Hey, you're gonna make Dumbo hey, cry. God damn it. I appreciate the Universal because, you know, they give back to the community, so I don't know what you guys talk about. <laughs> I'm more yes, of a Sid Fried and Roy kind of person, you know. The they are dope. Every time. They are dope. I've All heard right. of them before. <laughs> All right, we've talked about the CM Punk comeback numerous times. I think the two things worth talking about are the quotes on the parallels between Vince and Dana and a wrestler's union. Let's start with Vince and Dana. I'll, I'll read the quote. Ray, you, you already heard it. I think there are levels to it. Obviously, they're both right-wing. The word I will use is weirdo, because obviously they will vote based on what is good for their pocketbook. If I had to compare and contrast, I would say Dana is more generous. I think Dana is a lot of stuff for the fighters behind the scenes. I think there's a lot of locker room money thrown around that people don't know about. End quote. He sounds like he says, obviously, as a jaded character, that Dana takes care of his people better than Vince. So, so in other words, Dana has some petty cash lying around, and he throws it to the fighters. And then, when it comes fight night, he takes that petty cash out of their purse. But I, I, I know that this comparison gets thrown <laughs> around a lot. But Vince and Dana, man, it's apples and orangutans. Because number one, Vince is a boss. Dana's a worker. He gets a W two oh, at the end God, of the year, just like everybody else. Again. Yeah, he's a God, worker. They're, there's not, they're, they're not the same beast, man. Vince is a worker too, because Vince has to work for the shareholders. Vince doesn't own all of WWE. He has That's to own fair, somebody. But he, but he also owns the majority of the stock. Plus, he I'm not going to say he built it from the ground up because he took his daddy's company over. But he's got a lot more uh, onerous percentage than Dana White does in the UFC. They're owned by William Morris Endeavors, man. He's a worker. He's kayfabe. He's, he's the boss like Stephanie was the general manager of Raw. I don't know. They're, it's basically the same thing. Dana White just has the sexier product at the moment because it's real fighting and it's not scripted and people haven't taken the piss out of it for 20 years so I really don't see too much of a difference between their approach Punk is just of course going to see it differently because as you said already he's cynical, he's jaded it's Punk, what do you expect like if he's not saying something marginally whiny, he's not breathing and and I I want to 
I mean, it's, it's fact, and I think he didn't get this fact. <laughs> but I think the interesting thing to note, though, too, is he spent more personal time with Dana probably over the years than Vince. Not saying he hasn't spent time with, with Vince, but like, well, yeah, and he'll he tell was, you, he was he, never Vince's boy, and at least Dana no, had best for the draw reason. So yeah, I get and, and and to what, his credit, him and Vince had, had a good relationship ear. for the he had most Vince's part. Ear, though. Yeah, they had a good relationship, but like, like. Punk and Dana were buddies before he ever started fighting for years. They would hang out. They would do stuff together. They would, you know, they would chill. Like, so he sees him in a different light than I'm sure he sees Vince, which probably Plus leads to a lot of these opinions. And they're a little closer in age as well. I mean, what are Punk and Vince really, what do they have in common? What are they really going to talk about? You know what wrestling. I mean? And, wrestling. And, 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 but, but they both wrestling. like younger both women. They like wrestling. Well, I think their lives are both about wrestling. But, I mean, but, but everything but to, they did to, to was they woke but, up and thought about wrestling. They were eating. They thought about wrestling. Probably on the can wrestling. Vince was having sex. He was thinking about wrestling. Punk maybe not, but probably. But to be fair to, for to Punk, you know he never. I mean, no. yeah, he's come on and said some things about Should Vince. We go around but, the horn? Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm no selling. But yeah. his thing was well, he had his problem you know, with. Just like, uh, let's go around the horn. This is good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. Let's go around the horn. Do you guys? What do you guys think, Vince is? Yes or no? Is Vince thinking about wrestling? He's Vince while he's having sex. Chris. Depends on the woman. No, this is a yes or no. Maybe. That's that's a yes, Ray. Ray? Depends on the woman. Damn right he is. That's that's God a yes. Damn it, pal. Andrew. Of course. Come on. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I'm just saying, man, him, him and Linda have been together for 875 years. At this point, he's just doing his duty, okay? And he's probably thinking about, oh, yeah, I need to push Owens or whatever the fuck. I would say that Linda <laughs> Linda, Linda tried to get him to not think about wrestling once, and it was horrible, and she's like, just think about wrestling. Oh, there you go. That's better. <laughs> oh, I thought she was talking about the XFL. That was a, that was a bad sexual time for Linda. Once the second one wasn't bad if it wasn't for Corona though that was yeah. actually pretty fun. That's that's, a, that's, that's the majority on, of people's lives right now. Be, come on, man, y'all know Linda been banging Raul the pool boy for the last fifteen twenty years. That's come the real now. reason she was in the wheelchair for that segment, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's the real Latino heat. Feels like a real Latino heat. Feels like it might be time to move on to the next topic. I don't know. What have we got? Last thoughts on uh, CM Punk here. My last thought is I feel dirty when I agree with CM Punk because I can't fucking tolerate him, but I saw that one tweet he put out that Pat McAfee is the best thing on NXT and everybody else should feel ashamed. And then he he makes a small addendum where he's like, Pat McAfee is the best thing not named Rhea Ripley. And I'm like, well, I can, there's no lies. All right, he's right. Fuck, fuck him. Like, I hate when Punk actually makes a good point. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. That's why he'll be back in some capacity at some point in time. Somewhere. There's, there's one. No, there's one more. There's one more punk quote that you got in there. Did we talk about it? What else you got? Did you talk about all three? Yeah. No, we hit two. What was the third one? Yeah. What was the third one? Oh no, the wrestlers the important. That's right. Oh, the most you, important you, you, you. the wrestlers union. Oh yeah, that, that yeah, well, that, I'm I'm gonna go pee and say this. That shit ain't happening. 
Well, that's pretty much well, what, what he said. said. He said that's that they're... He said, <laughs> he said, All right, cool. He Topic said, four. yeah, there you go. I knew they were going to shoot that one down anyways. He said, no, it's a joke. You're... because, And he would say that because he's already out of business and no one contacts you when you're out of business. That's the way it goes. It's a lifestyle. But Anybody that, else? But, but his, quote oh, was, his quote was fantastic, though. All right, you got no. It? You it's because it? there is no such thing as the boys. It's a trope. You know, they say we're on the road and these people are our family, but once you're out of the bubble, you don't hear from anyone anymore. But people don't pay your bills. There are always going to be a handful of people that will undercut everybody else just to get a little bit ahead. There seems to be a lot of people who not only by nature are bootlickers, but they love the taste. You're supposed to lick the boot, not eat the entire thing. I think that's the quote Ray wanted. That's a fantastic quote. That's a fantastic quote. That also come. That sounds like it comes from a guy that doesn't have many friends anyway. Well, he had. That's the thing. He had many friends, and then he he walked the fuck out and realized. So they were not like him like they did. So that I he I don't really think he ever came off as one of the boys, and the guy that was his boy, he kind of sued him, and then that whole thing went to hell. So, what does that really say about his perspective on things? If he's this much of a whiny, egotistical, god complex prick on Twitter. You, is that really the type of dude that you want to hang out with and go get beers like after the so after let, the show? So let's well, be factual. First and foremost, at any job you're at, if you leave that job, you're just not going to talk to those people as often. It doesn't mean you're not friends with them anymore. But he yeah, went out of his yeah. way to alienate himself very strongly. The Hornswoggle, the Hornswoggle story is one that comes to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. That all Hornswoggle asked him was for a friend's number, and he was like, "You all you do is use me." This and that. So I was like, shit, I've been your friend for like 15, for 10 years. Oh, and I've shit like that. that. So I'm yeah. not defending. So, I'm not defending. Right, right. right. Salt, that's I'm not. All I'm saying because punk is kind of a whiny bitch at times. So let, I can let me just say this because I, I got to I, I gotta go wash my hands right quick. But I heard y'all having this conversation. I just want to say this just real quick. I, I lean back to my good friend, Hillbilly Jim. I met him during my first Mania excursion and spent a lot of time with him. <laughs> and whenever wrestlers would come by. Okay, so I was actually going to make a comment on CM Punk and Hornswoggle. So, if you want to hold on for a second, no, 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 I'm almost done. I was just saying that no, he was saying, Jim is more relevant right now. Let's and it's it. a story Shut we've up, heard like 47 times on the say. 800 podcasts we've done. So go ahead. God damn it! All I'm trying to say is the point he was making, the way he embraced everybody. He was saying, you know what? I was gonna play this for you. People, hold on, hold on. You are not. Now I'm not gonna play it anymore. Thank you. All I'm trying to say is no, you don't the fake point me. he was making was there oh, fuck you, you can't even sing. Yeah, just sing something to get some Fine. Whatever. And this was a direct quote from him. All he was saying, he all stop. I was trying he to say going. was they're not No, I'm serious. They're not the type of people that keep in touch. Like that's just the nature of the business. Once you leave the road, you don't really keep in touch with people. It's you're not it's it's kinda of like being in prison. Pot is war. When it comes to Hillbilly Jim, there's no stopping Christopher Platt. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
Yeah, I'm imagining this is Andrew's portion of the podcast. You know, I just, I didn't expect this in, like, this theme. I'm like, the fuck? Oh, my God, I haven't heard this in a while. What the fuck is it? I loved it. Took it took me a second. I loved it. I listened to a whole bunch of different ones, and I was like, oh, that is so classic and original. Gotta hear that. Chris, what did you think of that? Now that you're coming back in here, you heard that, right? I mean, it's no Shinsuke, but come on. Well, don't go messing with a country boy. That's all I got to say. Don't go mess. No, loved it though. Shout out to Muda. That's my man's. He's one of the guys. I, I know you want to get to the topic, but just real quick, man. I think that Muda and Tuco Scorpio, when we talk about the influences of this generation of wrestlers, I don't think those two get mentioned enough. Since you brought him up, he was inaugural GHC heavyweight tag team champions with Big Van Vader for Pro Wrestling Noah. And we're talking Pro Wrestling Noah to a degree because. Go Shiozaki, after his defense against Takashi Sugiera at Final Chronicle on the 6th of uh, December, was challenged by Muto. M- Muto, that like, little chop thing, whatever the hell that was that you played. It was, it was, it was interesting. I liked it. But Keiji Muto comes to the ring, basically understands he's old, and more or less just he's like, hey, I know I'm old, but I haven't had a, re- like, a shot at this really in a while, and it's, it would make him the third person to ever hold all three of the, the major Japanese titles if he could actually beat Shiozaki for it. Plus, it's a draw mechanic because this is the first time, this being February of 2021, that Noah will be in the Budokan in about a decade. Budokan used to be Noah's Holy Grail kind of area because it's one of the bigger dome, stadiums, whatever you want to call it, in Japan. But because of financial reasons and Masawa's death and Noah just kind of going to shit for a while, they didn't have the funds or the draw to really pull it off. So this is this is a big deal. This is you know, fucking not not Mattis. This is like fucking the mania at like Dallas is fucking whatever fuck that's called. <laughs> fucking the gigantic stupid ass center of fucking Cowboy Jerry Stadium. Jones being an asshole, yeah. whatever the fuck that's called. If it's Cowboy Stadium or if it's something else, I don't fucking know anymore. But you get what I'm saying. Like it's just a big deal because especially it's been a decade since Noah's been quote unquote relevant enough to pull this off and their main eventing with their champion who's held the belt for the almost the entire chrono like the calendar year because he won it on the fourth and he'll be holding it until February of next year. So that would be over a one year reign against Keiji Muto. So, it's a big deal. So, for those that don't know, Keiji Muto is the great Muda from NWA, WCW fame. But, Ray, go ahead and get in here, man. You have any thoughts about this? Um, well, for the record, the fact that Muda is still relevant in 2020 is fantastic. Um, I know a lot of people have issues with older wrestlers. I don't know if they're used correctly. And if they're full-time, I think that eliminates the age. 
And I think Moda is such a legend, and he can still go regularly, that uh, I, I think Moda is one of the exceptions to the rule. Go Shiozaki is one of the few people that wrestle for Pro Wrestling Noah that I've heard of and I've actually seen. And dude is fantastic. I mean, if you listened, if you paid attention earlier in the show, Andrew said that he thinks he's the wrestler of the year. So to see kind of the the present, almost future, go one-on-one with the very clear past and history, not only that company, but of that of that of that world, of that of that region, is I think is a pretty cool thing. And I mean, Budokan is holy is a holy grail spot for for Japanese wrestling in general. But I think it's a dope idea, dope match. It's like, you know, I don't watch Noah, but I I I'm actually interested in seeing what it looks like, seeing this match. And I mean, it's a tried and true trope. I mean, George Foreman coming out of retirement at 46 years old, challenging for the heavyweight title. I remember when I was a kid watching Jimmy Connors' old ass make it to the semifinals of the U.S. Open. Like, this thing sells, and it it gets people in their feels, and nostalgia is a good thing, especially when you're talking about a product in Japan where it's more sports-based oriented than the wrestling here in the West. I, I, yeah, I think it works perfectly. Now, Andrew, are they? I'm assuming they're trying to have fans in this building. Are they going to try to sell it out at full capacity, or what? What are the plans as of right now? That's a good question. I don't know if they're still on allotment or not, because I know New Japan has been doing kind of a 50, 60 percent kind of allotment type thing. Noah, all of their shows have had fans, and it's it's been a nice smattering. Don't get me wrong. It's not full to the brim, so I'm assuming that maybe they're at 75%, but there's definitely enough people there to make it look good product-wise. And Budokan's huge, so mm-hmm. even 75%, if that's an allotment, like that's still a big number. Especially for Noah when they haven't been overly relevant and... You know, they, they're kind of under new management. They got sold a couple times, like the cyber fight that owns DDT recently purchased them from Ledet because they were basically just a holding company trying to kind of rebuild it and then get rid of the debt and kind of give it to somebody else. And the, the owner of DDT and cyber fight owed something to Misawa because Misawa bailed him out years ago. So it was kind of a it was kind of a pay it forward, pay it but kind of kind of situation because it's Japan. They're, they're very formal. They remember that kind of shit. And it matters to them. Unlike, you know, the states where we're very cynical and jaded and you help me today and then I run you over tomorrow kind of thing. Hmm. So the, the champion, what's his name again? Go Shiozaki. Now, was he in that match that we watched at the beginning of the year where they yes, him and his opponents stared at each other for 30 minutes and then and, they had that excellent-ass brawl? And that is part of the point I make whenever... When if we were to make an argument for MVP, Goshiozaki had a 30-minute stare-down with Kazuyuki Fujita, which people that know New Japan know Fujita because of the MMA, and he held the, the IWGP belt for a while. He was one of Inoki's MMA kind of pets. And he, he's a still a big name in Japan. 30 minutes legitimately just a stare-down, old-school samurai duel, got people to watch before the action actually happened. And... You can't cool. really say that about most people that, you know, they'll they'll force you to watch a match, especially when said match has 30 minutes of two dudes staring at each other. 
and I, I didn't dig the 30-minute stare down. I, I get it on the samurai side of the game or back west, the western side of the game. But once Correct. they got cooking, man, it was a damn good match. So, yeah, I'm going to watch this match. I mean, Noah's going to get me to watch their product, man, and I haven't watched a Noah match since, when was that, January? I think that, that was beginning of COVID, so it might have been March. Yeah, I think okay, it was March, March my bad. Okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it was, about, it was is, around March, but yeah. Is this is this their WrestleMania-esque show, or is this just a big show that happens to be at the Budokan? This is gonna be a big show but it's the biggest show they've put on in a decade so it's they don't really have a mania because they've been rebuilding you get what i'm saying like yeah they've got the chronicles they've got the voyage they've got navigation for the future they have their usual tours but nothing has been in a venue this prolific you know in a long time since like right after misawa passed away and they still had Kobashi wrestling, you know, regularly. It was before the Kobashi exodus, the whole burning, the burning situation. So th- this is big. Like in in the grand scheme of Japanese wrestling, okay, maybe it might not draw like seventy thousand people like two nights of Wrestle Kingdom will, but it's gonna make a buzz. It's gonna push, and it's it's gonna keep Noah relevant and on the tongues of fans I, for good or bad even if people are running down the fact that Muda is going to be 58 at the time that they have the match like as you said he can still go so assuming oh, yeah. that assuming that there's not something weird that happens and he shows up in the match as in just physically shows up and can bump and can go through it it'll be good so where do you put Muto on the pantheon of Japanese wrestlers because I think we can all agree Ricky hmm. Dozen and Anoki, those are yeah one and two or one and one a. Uh, Ricky Dozen was probably a bigger deal, but he died so young, and Anoki mm-hmm. went on to become part of the government. You know what I mean? So that's that's why I say <laughs> one and one a. So yeah, where would you put Mudo in the pantheon of Japanese wrestlers of in, of all time? And we can go around the horn with that if we if you'd like. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I got to think about it. Yeah, I and mean, you're talking naturally born Japanese wrestlers, not wrestlers that have wrestled in Japan. No, not the Gaijins. I'm talking about like, okay. yeah, naturally mm-hmm. born. I'll even say naturally born Asian wrestlers, just to you know broaden the scope. Oh, but that, no, that's true. Because yeah. are we taking Tokyo yeah. 3K out of the conversation or, or leaving him? Oh, in? he's on another stratosphere than yeah, everybody, man. Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, just checking. I'd say Muto's definitely top ten because it's hard to get past the uh, the four heavenly kings from all Japan with Kobashi, Kawada, Misawa, and Tawe. Because they they made wrestling in the 90s and the early 2000s. Akiyama's up there still. Inoki, like you said. Baba's held in reverence to some ah, people. I forgot about Baba. Baba's probably above everybody, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, you think Ricky well, ba- Baba's, Baba's still... Baba's wrestling was a little iffy, but just what he means to Japanese wrestling is what puts mm-hmm. him up there. Ricky Dozen's the, the, the forefather of Japanese wrestling. You got Liger. Liger's... Lager's up there too because he was he's like the preeminent junior. And with with all of those things at the top that you can immediately kind of rattle off and you might even be able to argue like Ultimo against Muda. Some people could. I wouldn't, but I'm just saying I could see an argument. Muda's easily top ten, but I, I have a I personally have an issue pushing him to top five. Uh, can I ask can I ask a question? Go. Anybody from the recent years, I'll give you the past 15, maybe 20, you think can make it to the top 10? Oh, I'm yeah. talking your... Who let's, would you put? Let's say it at the Tanahashi same time. Tanahashi and Okada. Oh, oh, damn it. Oh, 
Were you going to say Tanahashi too, or no? yeah, he, yeah, he wanted to be relevant in this conversation. That was the one thing he knew, and you stepped on his shit. So yeah, you the, stepped on his dick. So the, way to go, Andrew. There's, there's going to definitely be four that'll get into the the conversation. Marafuji. Tanahashi. Okay. Okay. Marafuji, Thank Tanahashi, you. Okada, and Kento Miyahara from the current version of All Japan. Okay. Those are probably the four ones that you could see people yeah. loving and pushing Screw towards. Screw you, play. I was gonna say Marafuji. Now I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so okay. So where where do you fall? Where do you guys fall on the Tanahashi Okada argument? Because I think Okada is probably the better in ring wrestler, but I think Tanahashi is so support so important rather to the resurgence of New Japan. Because you remember, because when That's he first is. came on the scene, Anoki was still running shit, and you know he was pushing Nakamura. But Nakamura, he was good in the ring, but he didn't he didn't flip his charisma switch till he went to Mexico and he learned how to be a showman and stuff like that. And then uh what was the other guy? I think it was Shibata. Shibata. Like that was kind of like the holy trinity. It was Tanahashi, Shibata and, so and three musketeers, but you're not wrong. Yeah. So can 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 I jump in with cuz I know Andrew's going to have the answer answer. My answer to that would be it's very it's not too dissimilar from Cena and Roman. And that Cena was the only guy that stayed after everybody left that he had to almost carry the company, much like Tanahashi did. And Okada came up, like Roman did, in an era where the growth was so strong, he could just thrive because of what Tanahashi built. Is that fair? No, I 1,000% agree. That's where oh, I was that, going That's as well. completely fair, yes. Yeah. That's, so that's why, to, yeah. that's the yeah. difference. I mean, I think, I don't think anybody can touch Okada in ring-wise. But what Tanahashi has done and Tanahashi's great in his own, like, legendary in his own respects in ring-wise and character-wise and what he means to the company and everything. But I just don't think Okada can ever touch what Tanahashi's done. He can win 30 IWGP Heavyweight Championships and hold the belt for seven years. He didn't carry the company when the company was, wasn't as strong as it is like, Tana, like Tanahashi. So I, I think a good caveat for the uh, the question you're asking, Chris, is more perception on historical relevance or just straight up in ring wrestling, pro wrestling ability? Because I I think Okada will be higher on people's list when it comes down to five star matches, flashy matches, good matches, you know, quality yada yada, in ring work rate, blah 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 words. But Tanahashi, just like Ray said, means more to New Japan fans, to Japanese wrestling, and to Japanese culture, because he didn't abandon ship when it was bad. He stuck there. He helped it grow. If it wasn't for Tanahashi, Okada would have had nothing to make all this money off of. Fuck, Ghetto wouldn't have had, you know, the, the foundation to make all the money. Shibata wouldn't have come back, because Shibata left, because he saw the ship was sinking to go to MMA. Kinda sucked at MMA, and then came back to New Japan, because he realized the ship righted itself. Suzuki, so, Suzuki left and came back. What would you say? Suzuki left and came back. Suzuki was banished. That's different. That that okay. was kind of a story thing that he was banished to Noah and kind of freelanced for a little bit. But okay, I didn't know he right, was banished. right concept. Right concept though, still, because yeah, that no, that's a dark time in Noah's history right there. The Suzuki Goon years. People, Noah fans hate that. Ooh, that's 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 just a sore spot. 
<laughs> but no, I, I agree with you all totally, man. And, you know, I tend to lean towards I, I love, you know, actual wrestling and bell to bell and inside the ring. But I always when I'm talking about my goats, I always lean towards the melon farmers that actually drew money. And there could be a, a, a legitimate argument. It's hard for me to believe that New Japan wouldn't exist anymore, but you could make that argument. That's how bad they were mm -hmm. on the ropes. But they certainly wouldn't have the relevance, the cultural relevance that they have right now without Tanahashi. I, I don't think that's even argued. What you want to think is something. If you take away Tanahashi, what does that leave you with? That leaves you with Goto. DDT. No, that, that leaves you with Goto. <laughs> that was funny. That yeah, was funny. That, that you got to give him credit for that. That was but funny. That, that was good. But that leaves you with Goto, who's basically the Bret Hart, where he's really good, but his charisma is a little eh. You got Nakamura. He may never figure it out. He might never get to become Swagscape, never become King of Strong Style if he doesn't have the opportunity to grow. And then you'd still be pushing like Makabe and Hir uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzin, maybe even Kojima or Nagata. Like, is, is that a life that you think that you could see thrive at the moment? You didn't know I knew all that Japan stuff, did you? Tell the truth, you're impressed. Tell the truth, you you're a little moments. impressed. I'm, I am a little impressed, yeah. Uh, when you when you're uh, not memeing and just talking about Tokyo 3K or Ubushi <laughs> or Ubushi, sorry, because you didn't even get the name right the first time you Shut said up. it. <laughs> I'm gonna get these jokes off, man. Have we met? It ain't personal. Yeah, you, 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 you have your moments, up, buddy. Good job. <laughs> oh, damn, even when you're uh, complimenting me, you your just sound so own question. Answer your own question. Mudo, top ten, top five, top what to you? I'm not as versed in, in Japanese wrestling as oh, well, you. Apparently, gotta... you're more well-versed than I thought you were, <laughs> Mr. fucking Rosetta Stone. Now you speak Spanish overnight. So you, you want to fucking come at me with the Kunichiwa? Let's go. Wow, that's 12-6. <laughs> we back to 12 again in a hurry. <laughs> you, you broke it down so eloquently that I don't think either one of us could even dispute. No, I, I, I got to go top 10. I can't go top 5 because... He was like a mid-carter before he came over here, and he kind of built his brand on coming over here and dominating and getting over in NWA slash WCW. So then when he went back home, he was more of a big deal. So I, I can't put him top five just on that, you know? Oh, that's fair. But definitely top ten. And, I mean, he's still relevant to this day. Agreed. To this day! <laughs> Japanese wrestling. Ta-da! Hit the gong! Hit the gong! Bong! Bong, bong. TheChairShot.com Always use your head. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
gentlemen, before we get to a move that is happening within the WWE, specifically the Thunderdome, traveling, oh, an hour and a half, uh, what is it, 107 miles or so uh, west, let's first talk about something that we've all been eagerly anticipating. That's right, each and every one of us, myself, Andrew Belaz, Ray Cash, and Christopher Platt, we've all been waiting for Bill Goldberg to come back and face Roman Reigns. Chris, would you like to start the enthusiastic conversation that we're about to have about Bill Goldberg calling out <laughs> Roman Reigns? Andrew, did you want to start? You got your finger up there. I don't know. Ray, you're so excited, and you just can't hide it. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you Chris want to. to. Ooh, ooh. first to make sure that... He is eloquent about his uh, Bill Relax. Goldberg love. Relax, <laughs> man. Relax. We're not telling the story this week, right? No. Okay. You know what we? No, we. I know exactly what you're saying. Relax. Relax. You said too what? much already, sir. Who's what did I do? Rocket? What did I do? No, nobody's anger here. management. I didn't do anything. I love Jack Nicholson movies. I was talking to Ray. <laughs> Good Hi, for Ray. <laughs> Goldberg. Goldberg. I, fuck what you talk about. Fuck what PC talk about. I don't even know what Ray's talking about yet, but fuck what you talk about too. I'm excited about this. And you just can't. Hide I was it. excited, and oh, I just can't hide shit. it. I oh, was excited shit. last year when they oh, were going to WrestleMania. Yo, man, if you're not gonna be able to get Dwayne, assuming they're not gonna be able to get Dwayne, the next biggest match they could possibly make is Roman versus Berg. Both of these guys are cutting the best promos of their career right now. It's only going to be about five or six minutes. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, battles of the spears. And I'm here for it. It's box office, and I'm here for it. I was here for it last year. I was sorry. You know, I was salty that Roman pulled out, even though I understand why he pulled out. I'm not mad at him. You were mad that Roman Well, he didn't pulled pull out, out that much. He got you were mad? Win, so he didn't do a whole you got, lot. So you got so – you, so here's what you want. Let, hold on. Don't anybody talk right now. I just I just want to be the only one to talk right now. So I just want everybody to know that Christopher Platt, he got mad when Goldberg pulled out. No, no. I said Roman, sir. And then I made a joke about, well, he didn't pull out all that much because he had twins while he was gone. I thought you Be nice. Be nice. Be cool. It sounded like... Okay, I'm sorry. Be cool. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Fine, I'll stop. Whatever. You know what? Fine. Fine. It's not the first thing I misheard tonight. Don't mention the first thing. <laughs> we we got dirt on each other, man. So you be cool, I'll be cool. All right, that's how that works. Same, same time, <laughs> and, man. And same that's time. how politics works, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Now you know. Millions have the battle. Pot is war. Jesus Christ. No, pot is war. I mean, yeah. Like, Ray, Ray, but, Ray, Ray, come on. <laughs> jump on into the pool, brother. The he's, water's he's warm. Got his head down. It's so I don't think warm. he wants to get in the water. You wanted to be on Pot is War. This right here is right. Pot is War. So Do you want some okay. floaties or something, Ray? You good? No, I'm good. Uh, I got thrown in. I got thrown in the deep end when I was a little kid, so I had to learn how to swim. I'm good. Oh, that's how you learn too. Uh, that's good. Yes. Oh, <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Look. I don't begrudge Goldberg for wanting to get this money. I don't see the need for Goldberg. I I can find the positive in anything. 
I can find the the point in anything. So yeah, spear versus spear, go uh, Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Cool. There ain't gonna be no goddamn fans at WrestleMania. What the fuck is the point? He won't pop a buy rate. He won't pop, a, you know, ticket sales. So why the fuck do we need him? He pops Roman a buy rate. Roman is on the best. He pops what? He, he he he's the only one. He's only one of two people that move the needle. Him and Rock. That's it. And Roman. Roman did. Roman move moves the needle, the needle now. Roman's getting it. paid. That's Roman's under contract to to do stuff. I'm talking about people that are not there. Eric yeah, Bischoff even the said it. There's only two people. So look, I, okay, I will I will be generous. If you can give me a match with those two that isn't just finisher, 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 kick out, kick out, kick out, if you can give me just a hint of subtlety of story, I'll shut the fuck up. Oh, I don't want him but, around either. I'm just telling you why he's around. Vince wouldn't dish out this kind of money for him if he wasn't a needle mover. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line, period, end of story of the whole thing. You, No, I agree, and you're completely right. But here's the thing: the needles don't matter when nobody can come to the fucking show. The needles matter so, even more because no one can come to the show. People watch when he's there. So why would it matter if people came to the show or not? It's somebody that actually gets headlines, that gets media on attention on WWE, and gets people to show up and subscribe. It goes back to the bandwagon nerds conversation we had about subscriptions, not knowing who drives the needle, who brings people in that that's my whole point here they know what's going on Goldberg is one of these guys that still makes people pay attention whether we like it or not as hardcore wrestling fans y'all really don't think they're gonna try to pack some people in that stadium in Tampa come April they're gonna pack people but they're not gonna get 75,000 people so it doesn't matter no, but they might get, they could probably get 30, 40. They, gonna, they would get 75,000 people if the main event was Great Khali versus Kane. It doesn't are fucking we, matter. Are we completely sure? So that com- matter. Are we completely sure that we're going to get Goldberg, Roman at WrestleMania? I mean, is that what, is that what they want? Could we see it Mania, before then? The Rumble doesn't matter. I just don't see the point in the match, especially right so now what when if, Roman is happening. So if it's not been told to us yet where we're going to get it, what if Goldberg is the red herring at Rumble that leads us to the Rock at WrestleMania? Maybe so, but they still got to pay off that Daniel Bryan storyline. They kind of shoehorned That's Kevin true. Owens into this thing at TLC. They'll they were clearly heading towards Roman and Daniel. I'm thinking maybe that's the Rumble match. I don't know. Or I was honestly before not, today. Not Rumble match. But well, before today, when you know I saw that Berg was on the bump, Berg on the bump. And, you know, he was kind of cutting a promo on Roman. I thought that was going to be the Mania match was Brian and, and Roman. But now that that's where all this Berg talk came from because he brought it up on the bump. Why would they even have him on the bump if they didn't have him factored in? Plus, he's on record saying that he's contractually obligated to wrestle two matches a year in WWE. Andrew, you have lots of facial expressions throughout this entire conversation. Can you put them into words just piece by piece, maybe a little bit at a time? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a he just called you an idiot, the... basically. No, I meant in the word. No, you an idiot. not at all. I, I called uh, him. A... I will try to put the round <laughs> peg into the square hole. Is that work? Can Is I? Is that how we do this? Can I? Like, oh, hold on, I have to stop drooling on myself. No, no, no. I meant it in the complete opposite fashion. That if a picture paints a thousand words and you're such an artist, 
can you please dumb it down for the rest of us? Oh, what a, you what a save. Yeah, job. thank you. Right. <laughs> that's how you see what just happened there. That, that's how white people talk to us, Ray, and we eat that shit up. Like, oh, they really giving God. us a compliment. Like, I oh even, my God, they think I'm smart. I even told them you're welcome at <laughs> the end of it. Big hey. words, Christopher. No, I yeah. even, I even so told articulate. them. You speak hey. so well. <laughs> I even told them you're welcome at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> No, but you can have four. You can have four, so everybody else can have one. (laughs) The goal situation, as as amusing as that is, it dovetails nicely off the Mudo conversation from before because it's 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 the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mudo is older. He's trying to go for something that's historic, and from a hardcore wrestling perspective the only real difference is that Muto can still put on a good wrestling match and a Goldberg match is 5 minutes, 12 spears and maybe a jackhammer or he'll miss something, get hurt and then die uh, so there, there's that but it'll it'll pop a rating, it'll pop some interest it, it always does, when he's on Smackdown it pops a rating because they just say Goldberg and then you get some of the uh, latent fans that you know just show up, the casual fans, the lapsed fans, whatever you want to call them so, I get why they're doing it. You'll have some people in Tropicana. You know, the Devil Rays will be right at home. And I'm still calling them the Devil Rays because fuck you taking that out. That was made them cool. And then you just call them the Rays. There's not many people in there anyway. Maybe, maybe they'll they'll increase the uh, buy rate for the, the Thunderdome, the fucking picture-in-picture thing. You know, you never know. They, they might do something that way. And then people can buy some kind of package that, you know, $50, you could have your fucking face on you know mania and whatever they do for uh, NXT or something like that they'll they'll find a way to monetize it the WWE but it, it's uh, it's really the same concept it's just we don't like it because it's Goldberg and he's never really had a great match he's had a Goldberg match his entire career so eh like it, it, y'all don't the like best it. I'm here Goldberg for it. match was a match that we didn't get to see until Nitro because Halloween Havoc ran over and let me, let me let, before Chris goes, because I know you, I want you to finish, because you seem to be the only person that's on board. I don't give a fuck about the in ring portion of this shit. I don't give a fuck if he has a good match or not. I care about number one if he hurts somebody. Which yeah, but and, he'll and, just hurt himself. It's fine. You've seen Goldberg matches before. Well, he almost killed Taker. So well, T- Taker almost almost killed him too at the same point. <laughs> I thought yeah, I yeah, they, they almost killed each other. I thought he was. Let's not just blame one. That's a good point. I thought Taker and was second, already dead. <laughs> no. Bom, 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 bom. <laughs> and the the second thing, you listen to too many second thing is, I don't, I don't want him mucking up what Roman is doing. I don't. That's the thing about it. I don't like when you just. I'm a big story, long term story person. So finish the arc. If the arc is finished and Goldberg falls in perfectly, I'll shut the fuck up. But right now, Goldberg. I mean, Roman has a perfectly arc set arc. To be told from now to mania, the whole tribal chief, he's bullying the shit out of Jay. Jimmy's going to come back. He's going to bullshit out of Jimmy. He's got to finish with some KO. He's got to finish this with Brian and maybe Rockets at the end of this because of the whole NOIE story. Cool. After all that, if Goldberg wants to step up when Roman is finished, I will shut the fuck up. But to put him in the midst of this when you have all this story that's been teased to us for months kills the point of fucking long-term storytelling. That's my problem with 
I think this is extremely long-term storytelling. Because I don't think there's any way in bloody hell if that match comes to fruition that Goldberg is going to take the title off of Roman. He'll just be another notch on the tribal belt. And then keep the title on him. Keep it on him for a year. Fuck it. Who cares? Have him mow down challenger after challenger after challenger. Maybe we get Dwayne, a.k.a. Rock, next year. Maybe they've built Big E up by that point in time. It, it seems like he's about to, him and Sami Zayn, about to have a situation going on with the IC title. So maybe you take that time and you build up E. He wins the Rumble next year. And that's when, that's who unseats Roman. I'm just throwing shit out here, fantasy booking. But I don't think that's the end of the story. I think that Goldberg would just be another notch on the belt. What if this is just a contingency plan? And by that I mean, much like you referenced that Goldberg said he has two matches a year for WWE at minimum, or whatever that contract is, WWE has a Saudi contract for two shows a year, and Daniel Bryan has already very adamantly said he's not going. So, what if they are going to record a show or something like that, fully done for Saudi, and they need Goldberg to kind of fill in the spot, because... Brian doesn't want to be affiliated with that so he's just a stopgap and they can kind of harken back to well he was supposed to face him at Mania and then COVID happened so here's the tie yeah I'm with that and I mean all of this is just you know speculation and conjecture and fantasy booking which that's part of the fun or armchair quarterback and that's part of the fun of being a wrestling fan so you might be right what's your take on that because you got this whole like I don't believe that bullshit kind of look on your face (laughs) right now (laughs) that's just his normal face man I've done enough podcasts with him (laughs) when he agrees with you you'll see him nodding his head as you're speaking and other than that I'm talking to you I said right didn't I I didn't didn't hear the name oh neither of us were listening to you you guys talk together for too long (laughs) Thanks. No, okay. Thanks. So your contingency plan idea is solid. However, I just look. So let me let me flip it for you the way I'm the way I'm saying. Whatever the perfect movie is to you, mm. right? Mm. Mm. Um, imagine. Are you asking if, me? Oh no, you're not asking me. Go ahead, keep going. Right. No, I'm asking. But let's <laughs> let's use. Let's use Rise of Skywalker. That's, no, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I didn't think there was a perfect movie. Sorry, keep going. I won't interject again. You sure, just there's, went there's... Patrick, didn't you? Well, no, because he likes Rise of Skywalker. He doesn't like the, doesn't like the other two. Um, I thought he didn't like Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker that's what he doesn't like. I don't like no, Patrick. He everything. Much I mean, like the two of you, we don't listen to Patrick either. Ray, keep going. Fuck. Keep going, Ray. Patrick... Patrick is the curmudgeon and Pokemon evolution of, like, people that are just bitchy about everything. I want the Patrick and Andrew podcast. I want the Patrick and Andrew podcast. I want the two of you to just tear everything apart. Andrew, the podcast of hate. The podcast of hate. He doesn't sound like Bob. Patrick O'Dowd does not sound like Bob Odenkirk. Don't tell me I'm the only one that hears it. So whatever the perfect... Whatever the movie in your mind you're thinking of is, imagine if you have this wonderfully wonderfully told story arc. Out of nowhere, shit just stops, and something completely tangential to the story comes and dominates. And then they're like, oh, this is done? Let's get back to the story. Would that not kill the movie for you? I... I don't know, because, like, Jackass was really popular for a while, and everything was tangential about that. 
I was calling out the syllables. (laughs) You wanted to be on this show, Ray. You wanted to be in the insane asylum with the inmates, bro. But I would like to note, I was asked. (laughs) So, oh, see, oh, I told the story differently, man. I thought you asked to come on. Yeah, yeah, I thought you asked to come on. Yo, we we didn't cooperate, but I like it. Hold on, it's wow. That could have maybe changed. That could have maybe have changed the entire day we just all had, Ray. And now I'm going to hear shit from Tunny for the next two days. I swear to God, I thought you asked to be on. I'm not even going to lie no, to you. I asked you to come on the edge. And you were like, well, I can't because I'm still working. And he was like, well, if you want to come on, you want to come on Hottest War this yeah, week that's... and I'm on the edge next week. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's, okay, cool. That's not, how, that's not how I remember things going down. That's, <laughs> that's not how I remember it at all. I think I'm going to have a fucking stroke. That's what it is. Like, I got a checking and a savings, and uh, it takes three days sometimes to, you know, transfer money. Uh, 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 yeah, that, that's Chris right now. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, and, I mean, thanks for coming on, man. We've had a ball with you on here, man. That's for the guy I don't want to the just ending the show. Like, You've had a great time. You just outed me. Why don't you tell the good people where they can find you? Thank you so much. See, this is what this is the fucked up part about drinking because you're, nobody's gonna take me serious about my recollection of those events because I drink. So you know, you're gonna, you're gonna take the sober guy's word over me. Exactly. But that, that, um, that's not how it went. That's all, that is not exactly how it went. But nonetheless, it's all good. It doesn't matter because I've I've been wanting to do this. I've been trying to get on. I've been trying to give my boy Andrew for a minute since the last time we hooked up. You know, you guys are my, you, y'all are my boys, so it's good to be on. I'm happy to be on. Uh, I just hate you made me talk about fucking Goldberg, and I don't, and I don't like Goldberg. Just done with Goldberg. Tell. What, what, you, what, you like Goldberg's Deli? What the fuck are you talking about? Tell me so something else you like so we don't talk about it then. No, but the TV show the Goldbergs, the race just gonna get pissed the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> If 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 Tank was like nah son I got one more WrestleMania match in me what was your what was your instant reaction be? Oh who cares? Probably the same. Who cares? Show Michaels like, fucking hang it up you done go away. Who cares? <laughs> I feel like work. It's over dog. Like I appreciate you. I like seeing you come back. You done. So you tell me they can't they can't get a good five six minutes out of this. Goldberg never had a good five six minutes. He had a good spear and a good jackhammer. No, he had two good matches. That's not fair. Oh. He had that one. Listen, <laughs> listen. I just want to say, I just want to say this. I just want to say this. I just want to say this right now. No, no, I'm going to get this in no matter what. That's what he said. Hold on. No, go, there, there are plenty of men who can attest to Goldberg having at least a good five, six minutes. There are plenty of men who can attest to Goldberg having at least a good five, six minutes. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't. I feel like there is something behind that that I'm just gonna move past. Yeah, there's plenty of men that think a, a good five oh, I, six minutes is actually good. I got, I got, I got this, PC. I got this. <laughs> As the elder statesman on this podcast, I got this, brother. Andrew, Ray, just keep living. If you don't want to end up like that, eat your vegetables, cut out a little bit of the meat. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Hey, I just gave y'all a bar, man. I just threw y'all a jewel. Eat your vegetables, cut out some of the meat. I'm gonna Trust throw that on. in the crock pot. It's gonna be good. Trust me on this. Yeah. All right. Save it, Tony. 
<laughs> no, yeah, right. fuck that. Uh, Have Vlad do it. <laughs> There's your title. No, comma, fuck that, exclamation point. Have Platt do it, period. So, so real quick, man, can we talk? Can we give a shout out to the icon Sting and AEW, who in one night turned Sting into just another dude? I thought we did. Now, that to last be week. fair, say what? I thought we did that last week. I'm just saying tonight he 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 put on a promo, and literally that was the only thing I was looking forward to with both shows. Was it I paused it. I didn't see I, it. I even paused it, man, because I got a call right as Sting was walking out, so I paused it so I could go back and watch it. You probably would have been able to take the call and come back. He brought him, would have been in the ring. It's okay. He said a whole bunch of nothing. It was just a big word silent. He didn't say shit. He did, did he woo at least? Yeah, he woo. Okay. Oh, he wooed. Sting's been just a guy since he since Jeff Hart, He had to, like, push the 80s? Jeff Hart. No, you can say the 80s. That's fine. Well, okay. Well, look. Oh, he's been good running in the 90s. Come on now. Yeah, you talk WCW marks here. Come on now. I mean, right. now. I've never, I've never been a Sting fan. Actually, I yeah. never. I like the only time I like Sting, and this is terrible. What was when he was in the NWO Wolfpack? The only oh, time I fucked with Sting heavy. What the fuck? You high? Is that why you don't drink? Wolfpack mark. What you want me to say? I, I, I don't mean, have. I love the Wolfpack too, but Sting never fit that one. The red face paint looked awful. That's why Chessman in Mexico does it now, so he can look awful and be a terrible wrestler. It's great. Keep that in AAA. But, like, what the fuck are we doing? I have the title for this show. Bye week Andrew. <laughs> Bye week <laughs> He did come in hot today, did he, man? Like, I, you haven't showed this much bit and vigor in a while, man. I know. Yeah. I'm even making AAA references. Look at that. <laughs> I, I will give AEW this though, man. They in their two weeks that Sting was on their program, they made him seem like a bigger deal than his entire time in WWE. The only time that Sting felt six like foot a, three in a room with like five foot six guys. Well, that's, not make their, like a deal. well that's not their fault. They hired a bunch of dwarfs. That's kind yes, of yes, it they're is. They're the ones in charge of hiring. More. <laughs> More, more impactful, Sting, more impactful. Sting or Billy Gunn on AEW? Go. I'm surprised Billy Gunn didn't want a belt yet. Like, and and I'm and I'm not I'm not a sizes, but if you look at Sting, oh, he might have a new title. I'm, I'm a sizes. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a I'm a size. Size. The only 61 year old man that looks imposing over an entire roster, except Will Hobbs, like. <laughs> The hosses are in their own uh, world, PCO. right? Archer and Cage. That's uh, cool. You, y'all say that now, but wait till they try out Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Andrew, He's going to look imposing, too. You just clumped Cage in as a hoss? Dude is like 5'9". He's just jacked to the gills. He's Wolverine he if is, he's anything. But he, like, yeah, but his muscles look like he's 6'7", bro. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, he's ridiculously I love Cage, don't get me wrong, but the fact that you clumped him into the AEW Hosses, that says well, something right there. How about PCO? Right, Mark Henry's a Hoss, and Mark Henry's 5'10", so... PCO? He's also the world's strongest man, you can't argue that. Can you guys hear me? Now no. we can. How about PCO? Oh, fuck that He's guy. about, what, 5'9", five, 5'10"? Five, what? With no eye. No, he's 6'2", he's six, or 6'3", six, I think. Is, he's he's tall. Is he? like it? I'm no, talking about a man who he looks everybody else in their company looks small. That's what oh, I mean. I mean, all right. I mean, now I'm just honest. Ring of Honor. 
Yeah, he, he was in Ring of Honor. I don't know if he still is. But... Yes, they got a big oh show gosh. coming up. He's wrestling. Oh, my God. You guys think you know everything about everything. In the fucking Ring of Honor, you got no goddamn fucking clue. It's Ring of Honor. It's not my fucking fault. The only time I get to see... Two and a half years ago, we're having a fucking conversation about whether or not Ring of Honor can compete with WWE. Now we're sitting here going, oh, I don't even know what the fuck going on in Ring of Honor. But we're talking about 10 million Japanese guys nobody's ever fucking heard of. That was this goddamn podcast. PCO is one which is still tall in AEW and Kevin Owens fan fucking theme from his ROH time where he talks about call Jim Cornette and fuck Ring of Honor that could be my fucking reference right there because I will rather watch AEW WWE on continuous playback for seven years in a row and have Josh Matthews call me every day to talk about it than watch a fucking ROH show well let me let me just let me just pull three words from what you just said fuck Jim Cornette Carry on. I did say those three words. You're right. Good job. I'm just saying, it's not my fault. The only time I get to watch Ring of Honor is at Saturday or Sunday morning at 1 o'clock when I'm channel... A.M., by the way, when I'm channel surfing, and I just happen to come across it. Yeah, but you're happy as fuck. But you're happy as fuck because it's that or an infomercial for an Instapot or something. And frankly, I enjoy it, man. What what they're doing right now that they literally just get the reset button. Because I've seen Prison Heat more than I've seen Ring of Honor lately because that's on no fucking channel. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Andrew. Is that down that with bag, bro? Is that with shit back? Get some water. Jesus. Potus War, Prison is, Heat. Is that with Shannon Tweed? Yes, I think it is. Yes. <laughs> you guys, can I I just want to let Andrew know that they're they're there's there's porn on the internet, Andrew. I know, but I'm looking for a witch and I just get prison heat. <laughs> uh, Chris, can you do me a personal favor and, and, and finish this show? Shout out to shout out to Skinamax. Shout out to Showtime at this three is, o'clock in the morning. This is where we're drawing the line. I'm I'm wrapping it up, man. Just let me do my thing. I'm wrapping it up. Shout out to Showtime at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning when your girl is asleep and too drunk to roll over. <laughs> hey, man, it comes through in a pitch. Hey, man, you wanted to be on here, Raymond. You wanted to be <laughs> here. And for the record, if you really watch the Showtime at 3 o'clock in the morning, let's show regular movies again. It's like between like 12, 30, 1 o'clock. My <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, well, and, and we'll just blame that on the sleep deprivation, nothing else. Hey, look, look when you when you have when you have when you have a sleep issue, you're up at weird times of the night. Sometimes you ain't got nothing to watch. I'm just saying. Hey, hey, man, man has needs. Don't hey, man, don't act like hey. I didn't go that far. I just said something to watch. It's like something he's like he's cruising through the channels like <laughs> no. fucking like uh, Dave Chappelle on Half Baked. He's like. Ooh, damn. <laughs> That's a titty. So you're there for the storylines, <laughs> huh, sir? So to find the Skinamax, because that's on the same fucking channel at the same fucking time. Fucking yeah, ROH-educated bullshit. <laughs> yes, because we all know Chanel Preston is a, uh Oscar-caliber actress in, in her work that she does outside of her work that she does. Chanel Preston's a name, definitely. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Bobby went outside to change the tire and my vagina just got real moist. <laughs> oh, Jesus, fuck. Wait, what is this show now? 
I can tell if you were being Kim Cattrall or if that was a softcore porn actress, because it's about one and the same. <laughs> oh, she's okay. On that note, the <laughs> whale. We've jumped every the orcas. We've jumped the dolphins. Amu, no, get down! Oh, you stop <laughs> listening things in my vagina. Was that Scarlet O'Hare poured? What are we doing? Like, with the <laughs> it sounds like it's just a short of like Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy. It's the, very close. I like it. The red, <laughs> the red letter, more like the red alphabet. So, uh, so what we've learned today, boys and girls, that it's a thin line between Roots the porno and Herbert the Pervert. Yeah, but there's some <laughs> thick curtains down yeah. here. <laughs> on that note Ray, my brother it's always good to see you man thanks for coming on we really do appreciate it <laughs> Please, on, yes. plug you, everything you got going on man and where the people can find you man before I don't we go social media don't plug some of the other stuff we've been referencing the last couple of minutes <laughs> that's a whole different statement <laughs> okay I'm at it's Ray Cash R-E-Y's and Mysterio C-A-S-H-S and Dollars uh, Outsiders Edge Podcast at Outsiders Edge CS Bandwagon Nerds at Bandwagon Nerds and whatever else Greg gonna make me do cause I've already got three I might get another one fuck M- Mr. Belaz aka Randy Quaid what you got going on sir <laughs> well let's see I didn't burn down the house right now my RV didn't back up on the toilet so that's really nice I'm happy about that one <laughs> but uh you can Quaid, find have, me have, Y'all seen Randy Quaid lately? This motherfucker done lost his goddamn mind. Like, go to Randy Quaid's Twitter. Everybody <laughs> under the sound of that voice. Shocking? Go to Randy Quaid's tw- Twitter. Is that what? shocking to you? <laughs> like, did he steal somebody's? Because I don't really remember him ever having one. Go to Randy Quaid's Twitter and thank me later. You'll... That motherfucker, I don't know what the fuck he's on. My bad, Drew. Go ahead, man. M- m- much to, like, Andy Reid on a bye week, or off bye week, I came out hot. This was nice. So, uh... IWC Warchief is the Twitter. You know, find me uh, reviewing uh, Impact and stuff like that. Not a, not really AEW, but AEW before ROH on thechairshot.com because fuck Ring of Honor. They're not putting on a bad product, man. They kind of hit the reset button. I, the only problem is I can only catch them randomly at night. But Andrew on that fuck Ring of Honor like I'm on that fuck Impact. So that's just how pretty it is. Much. Yeah, pretty much. That works. Kind of how PC is on that fuck Jim Cornette. Speaking of um, the commissioner, Mr. Tunney, where can everybody find you, sir? Well, you can... I'm sorry. Well, you can find me at PC Tunney and all over thechairshot.com. Make sure you head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Plenty of t-shirts. Make great stocking stuffers for everybody in your family this holiday season. That was good, man. That was good. And he still has the thumbs up up too, and he's on the Wayne's World side of the game. Yeah. Hey, man, you guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Tony already stepped on it, but seriously, man, if you enjoy the content we provide day in and day out, make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash DChairShot. They do make great stocking stuffers. And just make sure we can keep doing shit like this, man, for you guys, because we love each and every one of you, and the gals too. Anything else uh, pressing that anybody wanted to get off their chest before we get up out of here? 
I guess not. Everybody's mic is muted, so. I'm about to say, you sure you want to open up that, that box after what we've talked about tonight? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen a pretty fella down by Don't the lake today. Don't talk about your box, Tony. Stop it. <laughs> yes, everybody Did someone say box again, social? Everybody <laughs> mute their mics again so I can take us home. All right. Tony's Tillion. It's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you to our special guest, Ray Cash. It was an honor, privilege, and pleasure to have you on the show this evening. Thanks for coming out. Shout out to Chanel Preston. For Chanel Preston, for Andrew Snowblake Blast, for the Commissioner oh, wow. PC Tunney, Christopher Platt. We'll, we'll see y'all back here next week. Same Platt time, same Platt channel. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly. <laughs>